Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Small Screen Naughties. This episode contains spoilers for the comedy show Catrick. All episodes are on YouTube so you can get up to speed. Without further ado, let's lock it in. Let's a go. Hello, you're listening to Dreamcast. Not the podcast where we talk about dreams, but the podcast where we talk about the Sega Dreamcast. That's right. We're talking about Sega on a week. Nintendo Super Mario Brothers has been released. And joining us is head of Sega himself, Chris Barnes. How are you? Hello. Hello, Chris. Uh, now, working with Sega must have been amazing, especially in those days with uh, the Nintendo Wars. How was it? It was. All the cocaine we had, though, in our, those days, we, it was brilliant. We were off our faces. What, oh, we were running it? faster than Sonic. <laughs> is that what the little flaps were in the Mega Drive to keep keep your drugs dry? I don't know. I was off my tits. Off your tits. Oh, man. So, obviously, working for Sega, I, I have to ask you this question. What was it like meeting people from Nintendo? Uh, we used to shun them when we went to any conferences. But no, don't talk to them with their little mustachioed man. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand. So, obviously, like one of the questions we want to ask you as well, working with Sega, what was it like? working against Mario. Uh horrible. I completely understand I completely understand. And I, I really have to ask you this as as you do work with Sega. There's a lot of questions you've got for me. Yeah, I thought yeah. you might have finished by now. No, no, no. I don't really know where I'm going with this. Uh so uh so, so developing the Dreamcast. Yes. Yeah, uh the world's first hundred and twenty eight bit console. Don't Google that. I don't know that to be true. How did that feel launching it alongside the Nintendo sixty four? Uh, we thought we were gonna win. We thought, yes, we are the beta max. We're going to beat video. But then, yeah. then we didn't. No. Uh, Chris, have you got Shanghai Miamito's number by any chance? Have I got who? The, the head of Nintendo. Do, do you have his number? No, no, I don't know his number. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Hold on a minute. This isn't a podcast where secretly I wanted someone from Nintendo. This isn't a podcast, is it? <laughs> no, this is a breakdown. You're no. listening to Small Screen Naughty. Let's go. 
new podcast called Adam was trying to find a punchline somewhere. Come on, there must be something in this. Come on, keep digging away. Do you know, it might have been better if I actually said to you before we started that what we were doing. I'm Googling Dreamcast. Oh, what? just put Gamecast. What? That's wrong. Dreamcast. What's a Gamecast? Just, is is a Gamecast what... one off eBay? I'm not going to buy one. I just want to see what... Uh, don't say. 1998 oh. in Japan, November the 27th. Oh, you're learning and also laughing. Mainly learning. No, can't find anything. Well, there we go. How's your week been? So, Michael, what are you going to put into the time capsule? Sorry, wrong <laughs> podcast. Your dream cast. Yeah, my dream cast. Good. I've just done two gigs, and this morning I've just woken up from the second one. Wow, wow. Strong start. <laughs> uh, can I just point out, we're both very, like, at the end of, I was going to say, our tethers. Imagine if this is a one where we finally flip at the end of both busy gig weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Strap yourself in. You're going to love every minute because this show was amazing. Like, but, like Graham last night said that some people have come here to start their careers. And I laughed because I thought he's going to say, and some of them have come here to end their careers. Oh, man, imagine if you did, though. Imagine if you just went on stage and went, this is it. I don't feel good no more. It's over. Yeah, he's like, you, what are you trying to get rid of me? What, what would it take you to quit? And, and, and there, has there been a whip round with the comedy circuit going, <laughs> how, how, what can we do to him? How's about make him do a podcast about a decade for, t- for a year? Maybe that was, that'll set him off. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is just a, a plan I've had for years to try and uh, push you over the edge. Is it we are it? not the only podcast that does this. There's one on YouTube I found called I Wish It Was Still the 90s. And they were reviewing Father Ted and from Australia. And they were reviewing the Barrymore clips that we like. Yeah, really? Barrymore, he's really big in the UK until that happened. But then he's he, here he comes with my kind of music where he was running his own show. It's like just us, just with American accents. Is it like American someone... accents, Australian accents, Australian accents, <laughs> American accents in Australia? Oh, sorry, wish it was the nineties. They are actually from New Zealand. Speaking of moving people, let's dive into see you when you get there. Feet remission, um, and we'll just go and out. Our best bits. So, oh, first of all, it's just one three-minute, twenty-five-second-long best bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, there isn't. Uh, it's hard to pick anything out because this is three minutes of twenty-five seconds of just laugh out loud goodness. Um, but and you were really harsh in the rundown. You said a best bit each, so it's harsh. But I'm going to try. I think it has to be at about one minute forty. Where it's sort of it has a sort of long, quite a long shot, really, and it pans and moves with him arriving on stage, and he's just been kind of rapping slash spoken word, and then he joins in with the chorus and starts to sidle along with each group. I think for me, it's impossible to choose, but I think that's my favourite bit when you hear that baritone come in with the what are they called? What's the what's the chorus? Remissions. Remission. Yeah. Is that what? Yeah. Uh, he like he's like he winks and sidles over a eh? like here we go it's getting good here. <laughs> this uh, this format works. That's all I'm saying. It does it, we could sell it to other people, couldn't we? We could do small screen USA. Ima- imagine some of their stuff that they had the naughties. Completely lawless. Some of their telly. <laughs> Completely lawless. Cosby Show. The Cosby Show. I, I, oh. The Cosby <laughs> Mysteries. The irony of him solving mysteries. Oh, did you watch that documentary on BBC Two? 
Yeah. Yeah, it ends well, at the end. It ends at the end. Of course it ends at the end. It ends There's, at the end, Chris. They're it about to the finish, end. apparently, and then they get a message to say he's going to be released, and they're like, right, the end of this documentary is going to be a bit different than it was going to be, because <laughs> he's coming out like some kind of big brother. Oh, anyway. Wow. Well, starting on that note, that that Cosby uh, documentary is like the start of Big Brother. <laughs> Keep it light. Uh, what are we what are we reviewing? Well, the other week I was going to meet, going to see my brother that's just come back from Catterick. My name is Carl Palmer. I've returned home to find the son I abandoned in Catterick when he was just four years old. This is the story of that search. Oh, Carl, I'm over here. It's really nice to see you, man. Let's get the painting, eh? It's good to see you, you <laughs> man. Ah, oh, you too, man. How are we going to get a car, Rick? Buy a car? Yeah, well, we haven't got a car, Chris. Well, let's go and get one, then. I was interested in one of your cars here. Let's go for a test drive. All right, mate. Jesus, who's the monkey? Hey, watch your mouth, mate. That's me brother. Oi! That was that was my Bob Mortimer impression. Oh, it was great. I'm looking for me son. This is that story. I love this. It had everything you wanted out of a sitcom. Vic Reeves, Bob Mortimer, Matt Lucas, and Tim Healy. Uh, Vic Reeves looks like uh, Sutcliffe, like Bob Mortimer said before. He really does. He, uh, there's so much to unpack on this. It's just brilliant. Just brilliant. How many did you see? Did you just watch one or did you... I just watched one. I wanted to save the rest for when it was the right time. Oh, damn. I can't tell you. Spoilers, then. There is a story. There is an actual story that they're doing. An actual story in this. Well, this was going to be a film, apparently, they said on Richard and Judy. I did a deep dive. <laughs> they were on Richard and Judy. And this is gonna, it was going to be a film. And then they decided to make it into a TV show. And uh, I, oh, I'll have to be careful what I say now because I don't want to spoil the rest of the series. <laughs> Oh, man, this is exciting. It does feel like it could have been a film. Like, watching the first one, they're thinking, wow, this is going to go places. It was just, there were so many bits in it that made me laugh hysterically. Like, the bit where the, someone spills ink on the floor in a hotel. Oh, it's quink. You'll never get quink out. And let Matt Lucas's character as well, which, amazing. You plug on our knee. <laughs> Roy Oates is Matt Lucas's best ever character. Just next level genius on this. And what did he say? Wake up, sleepy boy. <laughs> Wake up, sleepy. That's what I needed to text you this morning. Sleepy boy! I've got a bone on because of you, and I want to pick it. There are several mysterious turquoise patches in prominent areas of the dining room carpet. Find out what produces these marks and report to me. I want them removed. Now get up and work. I'm, I'm just a bit worried about the accent. I don't know if he's trying to do an Indian accent because it sounds a little bit like it. I don't know what the accent is. It's kind of a like amalgamation of like every accent ever. Well, spoilers for near the end of the series. For some reason, he starts talking in a northern accent when he's Does speaking it? to authority figures. <laughs> <laughs> authority figures, you say? Well, policemen. This is your vehicle, sir. No, it's mine, officer. I'm Roy Oates, manager of the Mermaid Hotel. It's not the same accent from uh, episode one. Yeah, it'd be hard to keep that accent up or remember what you did. I, I like the fact you've never seen this. I was like, yes, bring them into the cult of this because 
this did on BBC Three. This felt like my little thing that I was the only person that watched it. Man, it's the, the thing is, I thought, oh, where's this going? And then there's a scene where the two brothers beat up and they take him to the pub and they do some line dancing for him, which was so surreal but beautiful at the same time. And is there any way we could play the clip from Tim Healy's character talking about him being given the wrong job at the job centre? Yes, we can. You've hardly changed, lads, you know, apart from looking a lot older, like. Look, Carl, before we get too drunk, I'd like your advice. It's just that. Well, as you know, my trade is polishes, sealants, varnishes, associated products, you know, application, remedial works, even troubleshooting. But yesterday, the DSS made me attend an interview for the job of a drummer with a Caribbean rock funk band. As I understand it, a bit like Osabisa. The wife is very cold to the touch, you know, she's absolutely nithered. I mean, how would she feel if I was suddenly to start travelling the world with a black funk band? I mean, imagine me with caviar and champagne, drinking exotic cocktails at Ronnie Wood's Beach Bar, drinking coconut milk out of a native's brazier. It just doesn't add up. I'm a polishes man. Do you not think it's a bit suspicious? I mean, the job, it went to a black man. I mean, quite right too, but this whole episode has made me very worried, to say the least. And the wife, well, I'm spending an absolute fortune just trying to keep her at a half-reasonable temperature. It's probably just an administrative error, Ian, you know? No, no, it, it's much more than that, man. Hey, get him down your necks. It's genius. Everything about that is genius. Oh, I could just be an admin error. No, it's more than that. The, uh, his wife is called to the touch. Is a recurring joke. You think that's only going to be said once. That ha- that happens a few times, and there is a payoff at the end of what, what the reason is. You're like, oh, I've been trying to warm her up, and she's not. She's just discord to the touch. I every time he's on screen, I think that he stole every scene he was in. He's amazing. Like I think he's one of the greatest <coughs> actors of all time, Tim Healy. And let's not forget, he's someone on to do very well for himself as well. Is it Mark the guy that w- works in the hotel? He's spitting, and he's spitting on a a poster of uh, yeah, Dying uh, Buds of May. Buds of May when he wakes up. <laughs> What? Is that significant to come back? I don't know. Is it like spitting tobacco or something? Disgusting. Yeah. Like, what? How would you think of this? You don't get spitting tobacco anymore, do you? With the vaping communities out there. Raising the gatepost? I can't remember what that was. Is that some Easter-based uh, hymn you want to start singing? <laughs> Raising the gatepost to our Lord. Raising your gatepost? No. I <laughs> have no idea what that is. No. I, uh, if I see you doing well at a gig, mm-hmm. I'm going to just tap you on the shoulder, whisper in your ear, you're raising the gatepost. Thank you. I won't remember this conversation. Be like, well, I know, which make it even better. I love moments like that. Last night, I did what I've done before, which is, you, know, you did moon dance, didn't they? Keep the window open by the stage. Yeah. And I threw one of my pictures out the window again, because I've, I've got, because I'm a rebel. What picture did you throw out the window? Uh, one of the new ones, which I wasn't that worried about. Oh, Conger Eels went out the window. <laughs> A congregate. Also, I love the idea of you throwing it out into uh, the Rochester High Street on a busy Friday night and someone just finding a congregate. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all what happened because I looked out the window and some random guy was waving up at me. And I went, Hello! <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it a surprise? Congregate um, surprise. This time, I got it back like that minute I got off stage, they gave it back to me. Last time, <laughs> last time, I after a gig, the promoter. Bought it in the back of his car. I went, there you go. There's your, there's your picture that you threw out the window. 
<laughs> what picture did you throw out last time? Uh, I don't know. I think I picked one. A picture joke that I wasn't that keen on. Is it strategically like you're throwing them out the window? No, I just thought it'd be funny. Oh, I see. I, I just thought like it was your way of just getting rid of laminate. Maybe you should throw them all out the window. Maybe next time you do it, just throw like every time you've done one, just lob it out the window. No, that's, I think we're... I think the venue would uh, get very annoyed. I think they'd love it. I don't think there's enough of that anymore. It's not the moon dance anymore. It's now a bar that only sells cans. What? A tax Little dodge? cans. <laughs> not like big foster cans. Like Hale can. Camber, Hale, Hale Ale, isn't it? And yeah. other things. Uh, Copperberg, like that talking size. about any other beer that isn't Foster's is like an old man trying to explain what a wee is. <laughs> well, it was this thing, right? And, and there wasn't any controllers, but you had to use your hands. And once you dance, no, was... the TV dance with you. And we, we got these cans, but they weren't big cans. They were half the size. Almost like a Coke can, but not Coke beer. Yeah, but uh, do you ever drink out of a, have a beer that's the size of a Coke can? Yeah. Oh, right. that's, that's what you told. I, I, think, I, I think it works out better. I don't just more, drink Fosters. I've just picked it because you can pick it anywhere. Any, anywhere that it is, it's like, oh, wherever. Anywhere, anywhere convenient. Well, there was one in there that was uh, Guinness that had got marshmallow in it and it's got like the marshmallow man on, on the front of it. I, now I sound like that character you've just said. That, yeah. Oh, hello. You remember, remember <laughs> the Ghostbusters? <laughs> yes, with the can. <laughs> It was it was like Guinness it was, but 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 with marshmallows in. Which I'm not sure if this joke will work or not, but because they recycled all the cans, I was a bit worried about my JBL speaker being recycled yeah. and then picking it up. Okay, <laughs> for the listeners, it looks a bit like a can. That's why I said that one. Explain the joke, yeah, yeah, Chris, yeah, that won't kill it. You want to keep talking? It's, it's like listening to jokes with Mark, but with only Mark on his own. Like, <laughs> what would happen? <laughs> jokes with Mark with just Mark. You shut up, you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. 
Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oh, well, <laughs> if you want to hear more of my, my conversation, you can hear it on my new Patreon page that I've opened. <laughs> a Patreon? Patreon? Haven't you got a Patreon for your other one? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I filmed some content the other day. So that killed that conversation. <laughs> well, it's all good. It's nice to have a catch-up, isn't it? Not, not necessarily in the right way of the podcast, but it's nice to have a chat. They've got a, they've got a film coming out, The Glove, and I hope it's as good as this. this is, is that still happening? I think so. Every ca- And can we talk about old Reese is in it as well? Yes, Reese Smith's in it. When... Is he the son? No. Yo, Chris, come on. <laughs> you can't have spoilers on something that's 15 years old. He, yeah, he is the son. And uh, do, do you want me to spoil the ending of the programme? I, I think we can. It's a retrospect. It's not. Chris goes to see the mum and uh, Carl doesn't. And it turns out that uh, Reese is the son. But Chris never tells him that he found him. He just said he's gone. Not how I thought it was going to go. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's quite an interesting way of changing that round. Usually it's just non-stop silliness. I like oh. uh, Keith Fowler, which is basically Kinky John from Smell of Reeves and Mortimer. Was he the Cockles of Welsh, man? No, the, uh, hello, I'm the police officer. Um, <laughs> he's, he's got cotton wool in his mouth like he's uh, Marlon Brando. I this is great. It was from one of those times where they were at the top of their game and clearly someone from the BBC was like, make whatever you want. Now, the other week you said that something wasn't very well made. You said the cameras weren't very good, which yeah. I pointed out with the YouTube clip, not the actual clip. This really does look like it was filmed on a mobile phone. It does. I swear some of it was filmed in Ashford. Everything's filmed in Ashford in your mind, isn't it? No, it's some of their sketches. They did film it around where I am because I, like, I don't know what that is. Well, they live around here. Well, that makes more sense. I've been on his wife's live stream by accident. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She went live and then she said, Oh, Trevor Fielgood's joined. Trevor Fielgood. Oh, Trevor Fielgood. And I was like, This is surreal. So there's Jim Moyer sat in that room hearing my stage name. And I was like, Oh, this. They, she went, I think they were drunk. They they turned it off quite soon after that. That's pretty odd, isn't it? Was that during the pandemic? No, it's like it's like a couple of months ago. They're still live streaming in. No, what? they were just in. They were just drinking in the bar, and she just went live on Instagram. Oh, fair, fair enough. Yeah, I've met I've met him. How was he? He was all right. I do want to go. I really love everything that you've done. You're one of my comedy heroes. Can I have your autograph, please, Mister Jim Moyer? No. At least oh, I won't say that. So, what was that? Nothing. Oh, his, his daughter just got a got a toy and went like that up my stomach when I was stood in the shop once. So we've all done. When, it, when I was though. chatting, I was talking to Nancy about something, and she just came up to me. Bit Reeves' daughter has just got a car and gone like that. That's very weird. You do famously anyway. have a tarmac chest, though. <laughs> oh, that that joke that really made me laugh was. There's a dog in the toilet. Oh, the dog this, in the toilet. He goes, oh, oh, I can't remember what the barman's called, but it's uh, Charlie Higson. And he's like, I just think I fed your dog. And he's like, shit. He's like, oh, how did you know? <laughs> I said, Pat, I think I might have just accidentally fed your dog. Shit. Yeah, how did you know? I, uh... I did watch this and think it was too good for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
when it when the show is good, the the podcast isn't good. Yeah, because we need something to start. Oh, this is rubbish. We need we need to start watching more terrible stuff. I mean, not my hero terrible, but still bad. Like the Christmas special, we just talked about Only Fools and Horses, and I thought this, yeah, it was is really good, but we can't slag it off because it's but Only Fools and Horses. It's it's gold. That's the problem. Joe's just got a signed poster of all the people that are at that um, Only Fools and Horses too. Uh, friend of the show. Hello, Joseph Bartram, friend of the show. You got a friend in me. And Michael Fenton. Stevens. It's a weird, uh, yeah, that, that'd be, who was it? Mental Mickey. Yeah. Michael Fenton or Stevens, so the groovy gags. Mm. And who else was there? Uh... I don't know. Many, many Why? more. <laughs> I'm just interested. I like Andy Paul's losses. I want to know that he had a lovely time. Well, I said to him, he said everyone signed it. And I said, would David Jason sign it? He said, no. Nicholas Linhurst? No. Cassandra, she must be on the on the old circuit of doing Andy Paul's losses. I think she's like signings. second tier. I listened to Michael Fenton's Stevens podcast with Richard Wilson. And yeah. he barely talked about One Foot in the Grave. It's like, but I've done lot. I've done lots of directing and stuff. Everyone wants to talk about that. Like, no, we, no, we don't, Richard. We want to know about Victor Meldrew. <laughs> That's the problem, though, isn't it? When you've done other stuff and you keep getting asked about the one thing, yeah, that he, defines he did, you. He did list off everything else he's done. I thought, oh, he has done lo- loads of other things, but I just want to talk about that. And he, he seems really embarrassed by it. And he was on the uh, unbroadcastable. Uh, Have I got news for you? Video. Unbroad, uh, unbroadcastable. What? When they released a video. Oh, what? Yeah, so he yeah. wasn't actually on the show. He was on a, like a DVD extra. No, too hot for video, TV. Bit, yeah, too hot oh. for TV video that was never aired. Oh. Him and Eddie Izzard. What? What a light up. <laughs> it's like gold. I remember enjoying it, but different times. I just thought that this was a bit dark for Vic and Bob. It felt more League of Gentlemen. Well, it had a League of Gentlemen in it, didn't it? It did, and later on, they have Mark, Mark Gatiss in it in as well, for one thing. Also, it felt a bit Mark Gatiss-y. <laughs> it felt a bit Mark Gatiss-y. It, it did feel very Mark gatiss like, oh, I can hear him. Hello. Hello, Mark Gatiss sounds. He, um, uh, he was the voice that guided you through the Doctor Who exhibit in the Edinburgh Museum. Was he? Yeah, Mark Gatiss, when I went to see the Doctor Who exhibition at the Edinburgh Museum. Where Adder's going to be on. What, 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 in the Edinburgh Museum? Here are some AMJ shows from the past. Here is Adder. <laughs> He's the latest creation. Yeah. Some say it's got a thought-out plot. Those people haven't seen it. We were discussing Steve Stephen Catlin's Edinburgh show. He uh, apparently gets someone to pour honey on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's just normal. Yeah. I mean, it's backfired for him of recent because he he does walk home past a quite a big ant's nest. I thought he's got he's got a beard as well. It's going to go all in his beard. Yeah, I, I did speak to him about that as well. Going like, don't you just want to use like so? It's a bit like honey, and he's like, no, it must be honey. And I thought, fair enough. Why must it be honey? But also the venue staff as well. Like that, that that's yeah. got to be a bugger to clean. Like, oh, this is almost as bad when they had the Winnie the Pooh musical in it. <laughs> you know the irony of that? There is now a Winnie the Pooh musical. No, 
there's not a Winnie the Pooh music. There is literally. Oh, there might be because it's yeah. out of copyright, isn't it? Because they've got that horror film. Yeah, Disney's still still made Winnie the a... Pooh musical. Oh, oh, you, oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just made I'm, that up. I'm in it. Disney's iconic Winnie the Pooh comes to life in a beautiful crafted mute. Uh, well, I wouldn't say crafted. What would musical you say adaption featuring music from Sheeran Brothers? He what, gets Ed, tickets for it. Ed the, the Winnie the Pooh show. Not Ed I, I think it would be bigger news if Ed Sheeran was in the Winnie the Pooh musical. <laughs> His brother Ted. Ted and Ed Sheeran. Five stars. Why am I looking at Winnie the Pooh? Anyway. Yeah, this really held its own this week. Well, last week, we didn't want to talk about it because it was crap. And then this week, it's so good that we're like, go, just go and watch it. Just go and watch it. I can't even describe how good some bits of it were. I love kinky boots. <laughs> Kinky boots, it's a manly kind of fashion that you borrowed from the roots. Borrowed from the boots. Kinky boots, fashion magazines, they wear them. And you rush to obey like the women in the harem. Full length, half length, fully fashion calf length. Brown boots, black boots, patent leather jack boots. Low boots, high boots. Lovely lanky thigh boots. We all dig those boots. Everybody's crazy for those kinky boots, kinky boots. Boots. And whether you're in evening dress or bathing suit, you wear boots, boots, a kinky boots. There are 20 million women wearing kinky boots, kinky boots. Puss in boots, footwear manufacturers are gathering the fruits, gathering the fruits. Kinky boots, advertising men say try them. And you all run amok like a flock of sheep to buy them. Sweet girls, street girls, frumpy little beat girls. Square girls, cool girls, sexy little school girls. Maiden aunties, naked debutantes. They all dig those boots. Everybody's rushing for those Russian boots. Russian boots. Kinky boots, cover up the center, little tender boots. Kinky, slinky. Leather is so kinky. Come and get those kinky boots, boots, kinky boots. Kinky boots, kinky boots. <laughs> just, just, just to set up for it is why I'm going, oh no. Blanca <laughs> Rodney, let's have a look at what you, my little stand of is achieved. <laughs> and it then, is. Then, so this is the genius of uh, Rick, uh, Rick Vic. Vic Reeves and Bob Walsh, like like the simple thing of covering up a stain turned into this massive bit of uh, putting flooring tiles over it, like a little stepping stone. It needs something to walk to. And he starts singing Chris Rear, isn't it? He starts miming Chris Rear for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Somebody above. Some kind of urgency, the kind that won't wait I say tomorrow, he say today And the man in my head, well he tell me no way Hi, it's us. Mm. One of my greatest bits in Gone Fishing is when uh, Chris Rio just turns up. He doesn't just turn up. They have invited him. 
How are you getting home for Christmas? <laughs> Gaza would be more appropriate. Just turn up with a fishing rod. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, but that made no sense whatsoever because, of course, he's a fishing rod because it's called Gone Fishing. Yeah, you yeah. know, when he went and found that man and he said, Oh, do you want to come? Come with me because I'm Gaza. Surprised the bloke didn't go, Why is it Gaza over there with a fishing rod? Anyway. And the bag of fried chicken. Oh, was it bag of fried chicken? I didn't know what even KFC. Did. I didn't know we were doing like material based on the era that we're, we're bagging out some rail boat stuff. I didn't mention him by name. Just yeah. everyone knew what the reference was. Well, what do you think about that Millennium Bug? I don't think he's going to catch up. Oh, well, hopefully not. Imagine, imagine if it did. What a world we'd be living in now. Car, I've been driving since I was eight. I think someone said. I like when Chris gets in the back of the car and then Reece Smith, Shearsmith goes, "Who the who's the monkey?" He's great, isn't he? So how long have you worked at the garage, mate? What? Oh, uh, I've worked there since I was six. Yeah, but when I first saw him, I was just like, well, that's that weird bloke from the League of Gentlemen. But now even when you watch it, you go, that's Rich Shearsmith. Oh, look at his little face. Oh. I saw him in Edinburgh once, just walking around with his family. Yeah, he goes to Edinburgh and watches all the new up-and-coming acts. Did he see your show? No, funnily enough. Ah. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's Doug. Like well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's for the Mark Simmons earlier. <laughs> so, Adam, what's your favourite one-liner joke? My favourite one-liner. There's so many. I think that's what he does on it, doesn't he? I've been on that podcast. I've been on with jokes with Mark. Have you? Yes. Are you sure? In Edinburgh. Yeah. Which week? Am I sure? Yes. <laughs> we recorded it in Edinburgh after a show. And I basically didn't act. I just went through jokes that I just thought were funny. What jokes do you have that don't work? All of them. All of them. Do you know what I like about the trans debate? The French. They've been doing it for years, haven't they? they if they want to call a table a female, they've done it already, haven't they? The chairs are male. I see what you did there. I see what you yeah, did what, there. What I'm doing, I'll try to work material into the podcast and see if it works. And it's not working, is it? So not, are you going to just, 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 just ask me? <laughs> You didn't need to work it in. I uh, an interview with Griff Rhys Jones when he says he hates people that instead of having a conversation, they try and do their material. It's like, stop it. Anyway. Many people do that, though. Have you ever been in that conversation where someone's worked in material into a conversation? Well, I think it's more if they say, I've got this bit, I'm trying, and here it is. But if they just go, yeah, I was sort of in the supermarket the other day. Isn't it weird that uh, yeah. supermarket tills have got... I haven't really got an observation. That was just an example. Well, I, I think the worst thing is when someone said, uh, can I run buy a new bit with you? And I instantly just go, no. That's funny. I just want so the what, comedy gold. What would you give Catterick? Oh, I'm going to give think it. 2,000. 2,000? 1,900. I'll give it 1,850. All right. That's all right, then. So let's... Lock. All right. All right, you do it. So let's... Lock. It. In. What's been happening? What's the news? Ian's joined a rock funk band. No, I haven't, man. I just want to tell him call.
matter it. What what a show. Yes. Thank you much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye, I'm only everybody. saying that because the Zoom is about to end in a minute. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. I won't be surprised if the camera doesn't go off in a sec. Should we wait for the camera to go off? Yeah, just wait. This is gold, isn't it? I'm going to keep what this bit got- in. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.